0: Hello everyone and welcome to TechLore Talks 5. I am Henry from TechLore. I'm Jonah from TechLore. And today we're going to talk about the new Apple updates to continue our reputation of apparently being an Apple shilling channel. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Yep. So these are pretty big (laughs) updates actually and... People are really shouting that it's very positive, and I think there are probably positive things, as I think Jonah does as well, but there's actually still a lot of problems, and so we want to talk about this, kind of get into the nuance, and a lot of people are touting this as a big win, and while I think it's overall a win, I don't think it's necessarily like the end of the fight. And I don't think Jonah does either. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Apple's recent announcements to roll out some form of end-to-end encryption on some of the things in iCloud, as well as some kind of key verification on iMessage. And what was the third thing?
1: Uh, They uh, announced security key support for iCloud accounts. Why don't we start with the big one right off the bat, which is uh, end-to-end encryption for, for iCloud services?
0: Cool. Do you want to give kind of the context of the problems beforehand, or do you want me to do that? So people have a history of like the problem with end-to-end encryption in in iCloud.
1: Uh, Why don't you go over that?
0: Okay. All right. So I'm going to go over kind of the history here to give everyone a breakdown for those who aren't aware. So in the past, some things in iCloud are end-to-end encrypted. For example, your passwords that are stored in iCloud are end-to-end encrypted, which means that that data can't be read by Apple. Things like iMessage are also encrypted. They're end-to-end encrypted, so you and the other person are the only people who can view your messages. A big problem in the past has been iCloud backups. So what Apple does is they take a whole copy of your phone, send it to iCloud, and that's not end-to-end encrypted. And you know what's stored inside of that backup, all of your iMessages, everything else that's stored on your phone. And so this has been a serious problem in the past, and it's led to a lot of law enforcement requests that just lead to people getting copies of each other's phones. Without It's pretty much bypassing the end-to-end encryption. And so a big thing has been we've been requesting end-to-end encrypted backups for the longest time. As well as just by default end to end encrypting other things in iCloud, which should have been end to end encrypted in the first place. Um, so that has that's kind of the context of this, and so that's why this is kind of a big announcement. So, do you want to cover the things that the changes so far? I guess.
1: Yeah. So starting with uh, the next version of iOS, which isn't out yet, it's out in beta right now sixteen point two iCloud Advanced Data Protection is going to cover uh, pretty much everything in iCloud except for mail, um, contacts, and calendar, um, which is because those are built on like legacy technologies. They wouldn't be able to support third-party mail clients, that type of thing. Um, so it's kind of a tricky problem to do for those. But for everything else, for backups, um, as well as photos and iCloud files, that's all going to be end-to-end encrypted if you enable their new Advanced Data Protection Program, which is... It's an opt-in program, basically.
0: And what is the down- the downside? Like, why isn't this just a default for everyone? Why do people have to enable it?
1: Um, they've the the claim that Apple's made um, pretty much this whole time for as to why they don't do end-to-end encryption at all before this announcement was because um, of potential data loss um, for people. I mean, if you if you lose your photos um, or your if you lose your phone and you can't get back into your iCloud account, uh, you you could lose your backups and photos and everything. So they were trying to prevent that, um, at least is what they were claiming. Um, what they've done with this update is they've made it so there's two different methods to recover your account now. You can either, you can set up a recovery key, which then you would have to save. And if you lose that, you wouldn't be able to recover your data. Or you can set up a recovery contact, which is like somebody else's Apple account. And if you get locked out of yours, you'd be able to um use, uh, get like a friend or family member to to unlock your data for you and recover all your data. So I think the development of that is relatively recent, the whole recovery contact thing. And I think that's probably what enabled them to make this change. But there's still that risk of data loss, which is probably the main reason that right now they are not like, enforcing this for everybody.
0: Yes. And when you're enabling it, It also, like, gives some pretty massive disclaimers, too, from the screenshots I saw. Like, hey, you might lose your data if you proceed with this feature and you don't, you know, keep backups and you don't have a proper recovery method set up. Actually, um, you're the one who taught me uh, because by default, I don't think iCloud sets up a recovery key for you, which makes it some way easier to uh, get access to an iCloud account that might not be yours. And so that's just a pro tip for everyone is to go into your your iCloud settings if you use iCloud and enable that recovery key option because it makes it a little bit harder to gain access to your data. So you're the one who taught me that.
1: Yep, you could actually do that before this and that that reco- that enabled the recovery of what was end-to-end encrypted before, which wasn't a lot. Um, now when you enable this advanced data protection, it it guides you through that process. So it'll bring you to that page where you can create a key and it makes you do that. And it also suggests adding a recovery contact at the same time. So it lets you set up both right away when you turn it on. Um, so at least that will see more adoption. Perfect. I assume.
0: And I've already seen some discussion about people like, oh my God, they're not encrypting mail and calendar because they want to spy on your appointments and your emails. <laughs> and you are talking about the legacy technology. Do you want to expand more on that for people who don't, who aren't aware of like how those technologies work?
1: Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, email and, uh, like, calendar and contact sync, all of these technologies are built on, like, really old, like, beginning of the internet type of web standards, basically, where, like, there's so much backwards compatibility and, like, legacy software involved in that space, it's it's really hard to build, like, a secure platform on top of it, which is why, like, usually we don't even recommend email at all for, like, a, a primary method of secure communication because even with encryption technologies like PGP, there's so much that's unencrypted throughout the whole chain of communication that's avoided if you use like a modern messenger like Signal, and it's the reason that um, encrypted email providers like Proton Mail they don't work well with uh, with third party clients. Um, you have to use like their web interface or something like that, or you can use like their bridge program that kind of like converts it from encrypted to plain text on your computer. But it's 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 a pretty big hassle to kind of convert all of that stuff to modern encryption. And it's, to me, it's understandable that they didn't try and like tackle that, but I certainly wouldn't be recommending people use iCloud mail, obviously.
0: <laughs> You're not using iCloud mail for fun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, no. I think I, I think there's a lot better solutions
1: out there. I think sticking with something like ProtonMail is probably probably the way to go for that stuff, but, that, that's but actually... for everything else.
0: Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to <laughs> jump in there, but I think it's actually the cool thing is like if you are on the Apple ecosystem, you just enable this end to end encryption, end to end encryption on your entire iCloud account, and if you're using Proton, they already cover the other few things now. You have Proton right. Calendar, Proton Mail, and Proton kind of has pretty crappy contact integration with. I don't think it's great. It doesn't like properly integrate with system stuff properly. I haven't had much yeah. luck with it. But it seems like it's kind of there. And I guess Proton Drive kind of loses a little bit of rap. After this. Yeah, uh, a,
1: a bit, because, I mean, obviously we're still waiting for Proton Drive sync clients they don't exist on any platform right now <laughs> so well,
0: now they do on ios apparently but i don't know if it's like live well, syncing or it's yeah there's client. no
1: there's no syncing functionality it's basically just the web interface in an app i would like to see like photo sync if that was added to proton drive i think that would be like a, a huge be awesome benefit but not yet we'll see we'll see what they release next year right
0: or a few years <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows um okay good to know so you mentioned uh, on Signal, we have a privacy peeps chat where we have lots of cool privacy people there. And you were kind of mentioning that you still had some issues with this end-to-end encrypted iCloud thing. So what are those?
1: Yeah, so uh, this was something that was it was brought up on the Privacy Guides forum, and I've seen a couple of people talking about it, but it doesn't seem to be getting a whole lot of attention, and that's... Uh, um, kind of encryption around like certain metadata for files in iCloud Drive and, and photos um, that isn't end-to-end encrypted, or it's end-to-end encrypted in a way um, that could potentially let Apple like or an attacker know uh, what files you might have. So um, let me find the post here really quick. According to Apple's iCloud Security Guide, uh, they say that some metadata and usage stored in iCloud uh, remains under standard data protection, even when advanced data protection is enabled. For example, dates and times when a file or object was modified are used to sort your information, and checksums of a file or photo data are used to help Apple deduplicate and optimize your iCloud and device storage. So the use of that uh, those checksums uh, to deduplicate information in the cloud even when it's encrypted is called uh, convergent encryption, um, and that has some notable issues. Um, uh, that could let an attacker like know what you have. So obviously if your if your file is encrypted, um, and, and somebody's trying to read it, they're not going to be able to without your key. But if somebody has a copy of that same file, um, then they, they'd be able to, then they'd be able to calculate like the checksum of that file and see that you also have a copy. So like, If they know what the file is beforehand, they would be able to go in to iCloud and see all of the accounts who also have that file, um, which could come up in a variety of different situations, you could imagine.
0: Yeah, I assume Um, that could be a powerful CSAM tool as well. If Apple ever did want to roll out CSAM, they can have this end-to-end encryption with CSAM by checking checksums of photos, correct? I was thinking about that, and that would
1: definitely be possible if they wanted to do that scanning server side. um, The thing is with photos what they what they claim to save is uh is the raw byte checksum of the photo or video so typically when you're thinking about photos there's two types of checksums that usually come up it's either the raw checksum which is just the checksum of that file that only will relate to that file or there's like um perceptual hashes which uh like microsoft photo dna use where they can like detect very similar photos And for a lot of CSAM um, scanning technologies, what they do is they use perceptual hashes um, because, like, even a very slight modification of the original file is going to change the raw byte checksum of that photo and make it, like, completely different. So it's really hard to scan for CSAM if you just have that information um, because any modification to the file would make it, like, unidentifiable, basically. What I'm trying to say is um, it would be... it, It is... It's not exactly what uh, the CSAM scanning that Apple was doing before was doing. That was, um, that was scanning for perceptual hashes um, Got it. For, for similar files to the database, not like exact matches.
0: Um, Got it. And so what I'm hearing here is that this overall is a big improvement for people who opt into this regarding the amount of data that Apple is able to directly get about them, but there, there are still the metadata concerns, mm-hmm. and for people with higher threat models, that might pose risk to them. Is that a good way of summarizing that?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that, that makes sense. It's 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 something you'd have to keep in mind. Um, there are some like different attacks that you can use against convergent encryption models that you would have to figure out whether they might apply to you. Um, before deciding if it's safe or not to use.
0: I think it's also safe for people who are wondering, does that apply to me? If you're asking that question, <laughs> it probably doesn't. Um, <laughs> most likely, you know, maybe you are um, in a situation where that actually would be very relevant to you. But I think for most people, you're probably safe not having to worry about that, my opinion. That's not something I'm going to be worrying about. I know that for sure. Probably. <laughs> oh, you know, I did want to quickly ask a question about the end-to-end encrypted thing. Two questions, actually. One, I think you're the one, or maybe I saw this on Mastodon, where Ava, the head security, head chief of security at the EFF, was quoting some kind of interview where Apple formally said they're no longer wanting to roll out CSAM. Yep. So that's my first question. Is that, did I read that correctly? Is there any uh, nuance to the story? Mm-hmm.
1: No, that is what I read. They've they've scrapped their plans to do any kind of like client side scanning at the moment. So there's not going to be any scanning on your phone of, of information that's being uploaded to iCloud. Um, they're still they're still doing the stuff that they were doing with uh, with iMessages. I don't know if you remember that, where it was like scanning, like parents could opt into that and it would scan like their children's messages and stuff. But um, none of that. Ever gets reported to Apple that's all like locally on your device. It'll show a warning, but it won't like report to Apple any information about your data. So it's technically not breaking end-to- end encryption in in that case either. Got it.
0: And then the second question I had was, um, there is always I don't know how official this was, but there's that story that came out maybe a few years ago now about how the reason Apple never rolled out. And, and encrypted iCloud backups was because there was pressure from the FBI and other government agencies to not roll this out because that was a very common vector that they would utilize to gain access to people sus- suspects data without needing to directly break the phones. Mm-hmm. What does this update mean for that? Because I guess that might, the, there, there's different interpretations. Did Apple just say, screw it, we're going to roll it out anyway. Um, was that story never true in the first place? I don't think we're going to know. I'm just wondering if you had any thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways that that could go. I've seen some stories um, coming out recently that like the FBI isn't uh, very happy uh, with with this change um, from what I've heard. Um, I've also seen a lot of different reasons why uh, maybe it's not such a big deal that Apple is doing this nowadays. Um, I mean, I, iOS vulnerabilities are becoming more common, I think, um, and there's there might be other ways that like law enforcement can get into a phone if they want to now Um, that maybe this is becoming less relevant Um, or it could just be Apple um, just going ahead and doing this anyways um, uh, without the government's approval. But I'm not really sure. I think we'll, we'll never really know the the real reasons behind this.
0: I mean, maybe if you keep shilling Apple hard enough, maybe they'll hire you. (laughs) You can rise up the ranks. (laughs) Yes. Go through the, the file cabinets and be like, "Ah, oh, I finally have an answer. Mm-hmm. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. <laughs> um, Do you want to cover the security keys second or the iMessage thing?
1: Yeah. Uh, we can talk about the security keys. Um, the second thing that they announced uh, during this, like, big security update announcement was that they're going to be launching support for uh, security keys for your iCloud account, which is long overdue in my opinion. <laughs> so um, that's going to be starting next year, um, and it's pretty self-explanatory. If you opt in, you'll be able to add your security key, and that'll be required. Um, we'll have to see. Um, I don't think they've said anything about like whether... Like what backup options are going to be available, if you're going to be able to disable everything and only have security keys or if they're going to make you keep like the the codes or the SMS as a backup. I don't know what exactly they're going to do when they implement that. We'll have to see when it releases next year. But um, that's definitely going to be a big security improvement, I think. Did you, did you have anything to
0: no, say I was about gonna, that? I was going to ask you about that, if there was any information on if it was going to be a, an annoying GitHub situation where in order to have a security key you have to keep totp enabled or a proton situation that one i'm still upset about um, yeah yeah <laughs> super annoying. That one yeah what's the point of rolling out like i still get the point because like the point of a security key is to prevent a phishing attack that there's lots of mm-hmm. points but that's the main one that's the main selling yeah. point is to prevent a phishing attack so as long as you're always choosing to log in with your security key you are mostly getting the benefit from it Mm-hmm. But still, it still kind of like devalues the point of a security key when you always have a TOTP option available.
1: <laughs> Absolutely no. I just got an email from Proton like two days ago, and it was it was about like their security key update. I don't know why they just sent it again, but it was like we've you've, we've replaced the need for you to have TOTP. And I was like, oh, maybe they've updated it, so you don't need TOTP anymore. No, <laughs> you still
0: need it enabled. <laughs> it's it's infuriating. <laughs> it's yeah but that's me. kind of like a proton in a nutshell it's like they release something cool but it's only cool when you look at it from one direction but if you take three steps right and you move to your your phone oh it's not the same experience you can't just walk all the way around the feature and get the same experience it's always kind of like this you know
1: okay this just reminded me of another thing about proton that annoys me with these security keys okay go for it. <laughs> um they also don't support pass keys. Um, they they don't. They support passkeys, like, if you try to add a key, it'll let you add a passkey. It will not let you log in with a (laughs) passkey.
0: Wait, that seems dangerous.
1: Can you get locked out? That's exactly what I think. (laughs) And it's what I told them. And they told me that that was intentional behavior. They were like, no, we don't support passkeys. I was like, okay. But you could log yourself out. And they did not reply to that, so... That's... that's that's just a thing that could happen, but I guess uh, you can't really be locked out because they force TOTP? you to keep TOTP enabled. So <laughs> silver lining there. Um, I guess as far as Apple's implementation, I'll be interested to see if they they're, they're going to support uh, passkeys.
0: Um, I mean, because the, the, they I, didn't I, mention it. I figured they. W- I mean, actually, you're right. You would think that they would just call it passkeys.
1: Right, they're saying security keys specifically. All of their uh, like. Photos of it are showing physical security keys, so I'm not sure what they're gonna do. Um, I know that. I mean, we know other companies aren't supporting passkeys yet for one reason or another. Google still doesn't, as far as I know. Um, you still need like a physical security key, or you have to use their like proprietary app on your phone for your phone to act as a security key.
0: So, well, what's who interesting? Knows? What's interesting to me is a passkey is pretty much the same thing as what they already have in a way. Because right now, if you try to log into a new Apple device and it's like putting in your Apple iCloud information, you get a pop-up on all your other devices asking with a code. But a passkey would just automate that. It's still the same thing. It's like checking your other devices and then maybe you could tap the screen for a passkey. Is that how... I actually have not used passkeys yet. Is it like... Does it prompt you like when you're logging in on a new device...
1: Uh, with, with pass keys, it's, uh, it
0: shows like a QR code on the device and you scan it with your phone camera. Got it. And that's how you log in every time. Yes. Got it. So all this is doing is like, it's the same, instead of typing in a code, you'd be scanning a QR code, but it seems like it's the same effective thing, right? Or am I missing something right. here?
1: But I think it's possible that they won't support passkeys just because, um, pass keys are stored in... In your iCloud keychain, and if you need, if you need access to your iCloud keychain in order to log into your Apple account, it's kind of a catch twenty two. There, they're probably not thinking about other passkey implementations, I assume, which do exist. But
0: interesting. Well, I guess we'll have to see then. But we'll find um, out. <laughs> I am a huge uh, security key shill since I've been like getting into mine. It's so much more convenient than TOTP because, like, yeah, you just do tap you're in this is what Um, i told
1: you years ago when you were a totp show so (laughs) (laughs) glad you finally unboxed those UV keys that they sent you
0: (laughs) oh my god i still haven't reviewed them (laughs) (laughs) i feel terrible when people ship us things and it takes us a while to review them as i as i have like four phones to the left of me on this table that are unreviewed coming soon well
1: I, I need to become a security key shell again. I've been using them less and less lately, but I just got I just got three new ones, so I'll have to set them all up. It's just it's just a lot of work
0: Yeah, I believe through all it. my accounts. Yeah, it is. So, and at least not I'll, probably a lot of accounts support it.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, I, when iCloud supports it, that'll definitely be like my wake-up call if I don't get to it before then, because I definitely want to get that secured. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. And then the last thing is iMessage. Oh, actually, before we move to the iMessage thing, I did just want to in Apple's like official in Apple's official blog post about all of these things they say. Today, with more than 95% of active iCloud accounts using this protection, this protection meaning the security, that this protection meaning 2FA, which they rolled out in 2015. It is the most widely used two-factor account security system in the world that we're aware of, which I thought was like a a weird claim. Like I, does Apple have that many iCloud accounts to the point where 95% of them means that that is the most used 2FA in the world, more than like Google? I
1: would assume so. I mean, it's not mandatory for Google
0: yet, is it? I don't think so, but they make it like, they bug you a lot, you know? But I guess Apple might bug people more because 95% wonder, is a high number.
1: I mean, Apple forces you to at the moment. I'm actually surprised that. Um, it's not 100 <laughs> It's not 100%. I'm trying to figure out how. Maybe they Maybe didn't they, always
0: require it and people just never updated it. They definitely didn't
1: always require it. And I thought they made you. But I guess if you.
0: Just ignored the account forever.
1: <laughs> well, it says active though. Oh. I guess if you're actively using your iCloud account on like a six year old operating system, and just never upgrade it, <laughs> then maybe you could get around it. Because I feel like you need to, have to use like a modern operating system. But there's certainly people out there that are running like OS X El Capitan or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows?
0: Yeah, interesting. I just
1: that thought is it was interesting. That. But I would imagine that's the case. I mean, they're the most used phone in America. And we both know America is the whole world. So <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's like the least popular like everywhere else, mostly. So, not the least, but like the iOS versus Android it's market share most. outside of the US. It's I mean, not great for Apple. They're
1: still, I think it is still pretty good for Apple, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Now I'd have to look up what's like I think, worldwide. I think
0: it's something like eighty percent of of them are like Android. Um, yeah, seventy one percent is Android. Hmm. But iOS is rising. Yeah, it definitely the, is. The last few years, and like since twenty eighteen, it looks like uh, Android has been losing market share and iOS is gaining market share pretty significantly. In 2018, iOS was at 20% and now it's at 27% in 2022. Hmm. So, they've gone up 7% in like a few years. So,
1: it is a weird statement. It's it's such a classic Apple statement to say like it's the most widely used two-factor account security system in the world that we're aware of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like what do you mean that you're aware
1: of? Does that mean it's true or not? Yeah, I mean, we really have no way of knowing. But to their credit, it is a lot. And they do force it, which is good. And more people should probably follow in those footsteps and enforce 2FA for their accounts.
0: What would happen if Facebook. Just made a PSA that's like, oh, hey, Apple's lying. We actually have the most 2FA. And then it opens like a whole like lawsuit <laughs> over who has the most 2FA in the world. Oh, <laughs> Apple.
1: That's why they said that we're aware of. Apple will just be like, oh, we, d- we didn't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Their lawyers are like, mm, please add these two yeah. words. <laughs> um, all right. Let's. Sorry, I, I got sidetracked. Let's uh, go into the iMessage thing. Yeah. All right, so the iMessage contact key verification, um, iMessage has always had end-to-end encryption. That's not new, but now they're going to have almost a verification system in place so that you can verify that who you're talking to is the person you're talking to. So for those who have used Signal, for example, when someone gets Signal on a new device, it alerts you that the safety number has changed. Um, For those who don't understand safety numbers, I wrote a quick guide on it on our forum that I'll leave below to kind of explain safety numbers because even technical people that I know and I've tried talking to on Signal didn't quite understand how safety numbers work. Um, So I made that guide also for myself so that when I get people on Signal and I'm onboarding them, I can be like, hey, let's verify safety numbers. Here's a guide I wrote because I didn't find like a good guide online that explained it well. Um, But to get back on track here, iMessage is going to have that as well. So there's a screenshot on the Apple blog post here and there's a little warning that says an unrecognized device may have been added to Jenny's account and so it essentially is warning um, you that this other person has a new device that's unrecognized and it's probably worth checking in to see you know if someone might have compromised the session in any way on like the server end that's what they're trying to target here Um, definitely more of a higher threat model thing honestly for a lot of people Um, but yeah did I miss anything there I kept it no, I think, I think
1: technical. that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see it like how that, what an unrecognized device means, like, how are they, like, when are they going to send the warning? Cause it doesn't sound like they're going to send it every time somebody logs into a new, uh, to a new device. It's only like, um, uh, what they say is if, if an exceptionally advanced adversary were ever to succeed breaching cloud servers and inserting their own device, I don't know how they're going to make that differentiation.
0: Yeah. It's pretty vague. Yeah. It doesn't, they don't even say if like they even show you like a, a safety number, or anything to verify in the conversation.
1: They, they do, do say that. So they're, you're going to be able to compare like a contact verification code in person on FaceTime or through another secure call is oh, what they cool. say. So, so there will be a comparison system. So that is very good. Cool.
0: Where'd you see that?
1: Uh, it's, uh, in their newsroom announcement. It's the last sentence of that
0: paragraph. God. Oh, I missed that. Yep. Users can compare a contact verification code. Oh, we can even, oh, you can compare it on FaceTime too. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, you better hope FaceTime's not compromised also. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, that's really cool, though. That's all good stuff, and yeah, it is good because that was um, like if you if
1: you ask people about like the problems with iMessage and end encryption, that is the main one. is the Is the contact discovery system so currently, as it stands, um, it's end to end encrypted, but you get the other person's uh, like their public key from Apple server, and Apple server could decide to send you a key that they have access to if they wanted to, um, which could compromise like all of your future messages. So this is what that's going to prevent. It's going to prevent um, like Apple server from sending you, sending you keys that don't belong to, to the intended recipient. You'll be able to
0: compare them yourself now. So Got it. long overdue. Yeah, I like that. And um, obviously it's not going to be anywhere near as nice. A signal or something like that but this right. is still a huge step forward <laughs> it's
1: not not cross-platform it's this is this is mostly for the americans i think nobody else uses iMessage. message
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um at this point it's like for me all contacts are either i or signal mm-hmm. and with things like this that's why it's kind of exciting like even though all of my most sensitive things go through signal and like proton and all these other third-party services <laughs> that i rely on the things that have to be used as a backup via things like iCloud or all these things that I generally don't recommend or we even want to use those things are getting a nice bump in security as well and that's still a win for everyone you know because just because like Apple's not competing against the absolute best services on the market it's still upping the um the bar yeah the bottom absolutely
1: bar. i mean yes. more people are always going to be using iCloud than they're good, than Signal or than or ProtonMail right So
0: and Proton Drive,
1: (laughs) absolutely Proton Drive. So making these security tools accessible to them is it's it's good to set like an industry standard, right? Like it's raising the bar for for all of these companies. Basically, like this is what the new standard of security is. Um, That being said, all three of these things, um, including that iMessage contact key thing, they're all opt-in. So. A lot of people, I think, still won't take advantage of them, probably, because a lot of people don't change their default settings, but um, at least options are always good. It's a good first step, for sure.
0: Yeah, and so two things, now that you said that. One, it's interesting because now we're starting to see Apple release a lot of these security and privacy features, like lockdown mode and um, some of the other things we we're talking about, like the safety check, whatever that was, like if you were in a Yeah, situation. that
1: like privacy checkup. I think it's called.
0: Yeah, something like that. Um, But all of these features are all opt-in. So Mm -hmm. that's not a very Apple thing to do. Like, historically. Historically, Apple's like, we're going to roll something out, and we want it to be rolled out to everyone. And now they're starting to roll out all of these, like, kind of sophisticated features that are opt-in for people, and it gives people an option, which is kind of cool. I could be wrong. I just, like, off the top of my head, I can't think of any other situations where Apple's given, like, a cool security feature that's opt-in. No,
1: it's definitely new, but they've they've never really gone like above the minimum standard like this before. Like all of all of their services have been pretty like they haven't been bad for privacy or security, but they haven't been like exceptional in any way. And all of these are like it it brings it closer to the like top of the line product, like end to end encryption. Um, Got it. Like nobody else, at, um, like none of the major providers, like Google, are offering that for things like photos right now, right? So it it makes sense i think that data loss argument probably makes a lot of sense for people um you you see that they're in all of these like press releases about like lockdown mode and about the contact key verification and about end-to-end encryption they're always they're very they're like stressing the fact that these protect against advanced adversaries like they're not threats that a lot of people are going to face and i think they don't want I think what Apple doesn't want because some of these features can be potentially destructive is they don't want people to use them unless they know what, unless they understand them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the, that's the main thing. I think they expect that not everyone is going to understand how advanced data protection works in the first place. And they don't want to like encourage that use if you don't have a technical understanding of it.
0: Got it. And the second thing I wanted to bring up is, I guess, takeaways for people listening, which is on this note. Should people listening enable this when it's released? Should they do all these things? Who is it for? Who is it not for? I think if they listen to this whole thing, they can probably come to a pretty good conclusion themselves. But do you want to summarize kind of the main arguments for and against and who these features are probably for?
1: Absolutely. Um... I'm interested in hearing your take on this, but I think it's probably similar to what your take was on lockdown mode, which is that I think that if you're watching this, you might as well turn it on. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of harm in using these options. You're not losing a lot of functionality with any of these. Um, everything is gonna work exactly the same. Um, so as long as like you save that recovery key somewhere, there's no downside to it. And it's, it's a really easy way to improve your security on Apple's system. Like, I'm sure you're going to turn it on, for example. I can't really think of a reason not to, um, as long as you can be sure that either you can keep that recovery key safe or you can set up, like, a recovery contact that you trust. And in either of those cases, I think um, uh, there'd be no reason not to recommend doing it.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt about lockdown mode, too, is, like, as long as there's not a feature that lockdown mode disabled that you completely relied on, which I don't even know what that would be like iMessage games or something yeah um, I just couldn't find a reason not to just tell people like yeah just enable it because why not mm-hmm. and I don't normally say that because normally I only want to make improvements to my own privacy and security journey if there's a real reason to because normally that comes at the cost of something else and so like sure I can make my characters 400 characters long my past sorry did I say characters of <laughs> course I I can make my passwords 400 characters long, and, like, that's not a huge inconvenience because I'm using a password manager and it's easy to copy and paste things. But what happens when I'm logging into a new device that doesn't have copy and paste yet and I have to manually type out my password? What happens then? And so, and, like, the trade-off isn't, like, the entropy between a 100 versus a 400 character password They're both, like, extremely high entropy. And, like, the 100-character password isn't going to be cracked anytime soon. And so, like, yes, improving things for the sake of improving things isn't generally a reason to improve things. But in this scenario, it's, like, lockdown mode is improving things at not really much of a cost. So, like, turn it on. Mm -hmm. And also, it's easy to, like, go back, too. You can just switch off the toggle and move right back to without being on lockdown. And this one might be a little bit... Are there any downsides to just... Can you disable...
1: You can definitely disable it. Um, I don't know of any... I mean, as long as you have access to your keys, you can disable it. I, I can't think of any uh, downsides.
0: Okay. Yeah. So there you go. I'm on the same page as you then. I mean, there's there's nothing that we read off today that if you don't have the means of enabling it and turning it on to not do it, as long as you do it properly and you understand like, the risks involved with some of the features. But yeah, yeah. I think it's all good stuff. One question to ask you because I know we always get these comments. It's like so I might as well like let's let's talk about this. How do you feel this fits into the entire Apple ecosystem? Cuz Apple is doing all these things, right? They're releasing lockdown mode, they're trying to really push out these high these high level security privacy features, right? And while sure. they're doing that, they're not even like properly anonymizing or randomizing advertising IDs across like This came out recently that I'm, I'm sure you saw that like it turns out that they have a unique identifier attached to your advertising ID even when you opt out of it on all of the main apps like the App Store and Apple Music and things like that. So how do you feel about that? Because that I think that's a valid criticism. It's like, oh, Apple can't be private and secure because they do this one thing. Um, but how do you feel like this fits in the entire Apple ecosystem just as a whole? Because like, obviously like Apple's not perfect. Um, but it right. seems, yeah. I don't know. It's a weird way to word the question. I think you're kind of unaware of where I'm getting at here.
1: Um, yeah, I, I really think that people just need to evaluate like what's important to them. Um, I don't think that anyone is going to be making the claim that end-to-end encryption on iCloud is going to be replacing specialized tools like like ProtonMail, for example, or Proton Drive, or like standard encryption um, because there are like some catches that um, Apple has made some compromises in order to make this pretty much as seamless as possible. you enable this and there's absolutely no change to your user experience and all of your stuff is encrypted in, in the cloud more or less. Um, so I think like there's still there's still obviously a market for like dedicated security tools out there that's not going to be going away because of this. but for for people who are already using like all of these iCloud services in the Apple ecosystem, especially it's it's a it's a big improvement in my opinion.
0: Is there anything else on your mind? Questions or
1: um related to this. Could be. Have you seen there. the have you seen the Raspberry Pi stuff on Mastodon lately? I
0: have I, I quickly I quickly checked Mastodon like a few <laughs> minutes before I ran and I didn't have time to read into it what happened. Okay.
1: It's just ridiculous. There's what just happened? so much ridiculous stuff,
0: stuff going on.
1: Um, <laughs> they they posted this post on Mastodon of all places. <laughs> and it started pie. with yeah Raspberry okay. Pi. The first sentence: We hired a policeman and it's going really great. <laughs> so g- given the audience on Mastodon as well, you can probably imagine why people weren't a fan of that. And then they went to this, and then they posted this like blog post about this person that they hired, um, and he had basically been like working in the surveillance department of like the UK police for like 15 years or something and he bu- built like surveillance systems um uh with like raspberry pis and stuff um <laughs> and 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 now he's working for the Raspberry Pi Foundation um and this wasn't even the worst part it was um people were replying to this like what why why are you like super excited that this guy is building surveillance products with your with your platform and they've been just posting very dismissive, like, uh, comments to everyone. And they've been blocking people, like, wildly, like, <laughs> like, on Mastodon. It's just been, like, a, a total, like, social media disaster, basically. They've handled it really, really badly. And, like, they've been posting, like, conspiracy theories now. Like, literally, their director of social communications has been, like, um we're pretty sure there's like a forum or discord behind like all of these all of these negative comments that we're seeing. Um and we don't think it's about the police. We think it's about this other post that we made about like um... <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. It's insane. Okay. Wait. <laughs> I didn't hear about listen, any of this. Okay, listen to this paragraph from this is a BuzzFeed news article that just came out. Liz Upton Raspberry Pi's co-founder and chief marketing officer told BuzzFeed she believes that much of the issue stems not from the hiring of the former police officer, who admitted to using Raspberry Pis for covert surveillance, but instead from a picture the account posted to Mastodon a day earlier showing pigs in a blanket. We didn't put a content warning on it because we don't put a content warning on meat, Upton said. There were quite a few people who tried to start dogpiling on that. So apparently they think that that's the main issue. It's the vegans! <laughs> it's the vegans. Always blame the vegans.
0: <laughs>
1: so so I think that gives you maybe a sense of how poorly that they're responding to this, <laughs> to this criticism online.
0: That's pretty funny. Um, it's, I didn't it's hear really, about
1: that. It's really funny.
0: Wow. That's not good for them. Yeah, it's...
1: It's crazy. I mean, I, I can't even imagine why they would do any of this. its <laughs> <laughs> is from like Like, this is an entirely self-made problem. It makes zero sense to me whatsoever. It's,
0: it's unhinged behavior is what it is. It truly is. It truly is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes it makes me feel better that I don't think I would ever do that, so... I'm like, yeah, Dubai. go me, I guess, or maybe I will do that someday. <laughs> oh, hey, we decided that, like, in order to best understand the U.S. surveillance state, we wanted to hire an employee yeah. who's in surveillance <laughs> to help us out making privacy and security content.
1: We had we hired like a general who was responsible for drone strikes overseas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: everyone gets mad oh they're they're mad because yesterday i talked about how i didn't want to open an OnlyFans. that's that's the real problem here we've been slow actually dad i forgot to mention that at the beginning so if you're listening this far in it's been a slow few weeks back here not much content juggling school juggling personal stuff juggling trying to get back into work and then every time i do i fall back off so yeah i gave all of you a break until december it's like a couple weeks off i think and then uh, it's now december 9th recording this so i guess everyone got an extra one plus weeks until i was kind of able to come back
1: but we're back in the swing of things right
0: (laughs) techler talks five yeah you've been watching the new season of rick and morty
1: i have i have actually what was the last episode that just came out was it the sun one
0: yes it was the sun one yeah <laughs>
1: this this has been a good season i would say
0: it's better than five um, i think
1: better than five i think it's better than four so like we're really on an upswing for sure like every every episode i've enjoyed this season
0: i'm with you i think i like it better than the five and four as well i did like the sun one
1: <laughs> the vat of acid callback
0: oh i didn't get i didn't catch that
1: <laughs> you remember the vat of a- yeah, acid? yeah that's like one of my though, favorites right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> The at the end when they jumped into the sun
0: oh and then and then
1: and then they were telling the story and they tested the sun with a ladle to make sure it wasn't fake sun
0: <laughs> you know what you know why you know why I'm I'm so silly. I didn't finish the episode. What? I was watching it when I was... No, hear me out. Hear me out. I was watching it going to bed, which I don't normally do. I don't like watch... I don't like being on screens before bed. But I had a really long day. I wanted to relax before I went to bed. And so I put it on, but I was dozing off and I got like 80% of the way through the episode and I just closed it and went to bed. And I for some reason, told myself I finished the episode. And now that you mention it, I'm like, wait, I never finished that episode. So I need to actually finish that episode. Oh I God. guess I liked most of the episode then. It was a good episode. And now you spoiled it.
1: Yeah, spoiled it for you. But you told me you watched it. So. <laughs> you should have known. <laughs> I should have known when you were so confused. Because <laughs> how could you possibly miss such a punch punchline? It's been like a month, Henry.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. But I think people are gonna like us back, especially after the last one that I don't think was as popular as the others.
1: Was it not? I don't know. I that don't was the that stuff. was
0: the censorship. Elon Musk oh, Twitter. Oh yeah. Well,
1: wow. very.
0: There's some hot takes. Maybe people loved that one. <laughs> they are all over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's actually funny. Like I think the people, I heard a lot of positive things about that one, but also a lot of negative things, as you could expect.
1: Yeah, I did too. Um, definitely along the lines of that ditching Twitter video that you made, I'm
0: sure. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I haven't checked to see how that one's doing. We hit 200K, though. I You you guys yeah. saw that before I did. That's
1: exciting. Somebody on Discord saw it, and then I stole their screenshot. Oh, in the chat, so. wow. Um, and maybe I'll look up. <laughs> I don't remember who said that. I can't find the chat now. Everything's so different mention. now. Everything has changed.
0: Everything's changed. I just look at the world differently. <laughs> this 100,000 subscriber plaque that I'm looking at right now, it means nothing yeah. to me.
1: <laughs> you got to get a little bit further before that can mean nothing to you. You got to get a gold plaque, come on. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Any day now though, I'm sure.
0: Maybe next week. It's just going
1: to take off. Yeah. yeah. So, stay tuned for that unboxing. Maybe. It's going to be
0: this this Techlore <laughs> Talks is going to blow up and take us to a million. To a million. Because that's why we yeah, do these sure. talks, for performance.
1: For the performance, the views, and the fame, really. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> this is kind of fame for you. Uh, is it? Maybe. I mean, you are I getting kind of more... famous. You're now Mastodon famous.
1: I am Mastodon famous. I have more followers than you, so. For now. Well, forever, I think. <laughs> No, no. I'm just double-checking one thing. I do have more followers than Tech Lord. I'm Oof. On. Oof. That That's got to hurt, doesn't it? A little bit. I don't have more followers than Privacy Guides. No, wait, I do, but they're catching up. That's my real threat. Is my <laughs> myself.
0: <laughs> my only competition is myself anymore. Yeah, well, you're not Patches... putting up much of a fight. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> you gotta catch us on YouTube. Yeah, subscribe to my channel, please. It's youtube.com
1: slash Jonah Aragon.
0: <laughs> and all it does is link to these Techlor talks. <laughs> and all it does is link to these Techlore talks, yeah. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we don't know when the next Techlore Talks is. We kind of originally said this was gonna be a weekly thing. We're not doing that anymore. This is now a we'll try to do it weekly thing. But it might be a bi-weekly thing or maybe a 10-day thing. Depends on the week. Depends on how we're feeling. Depends on the stories that come out, too. This Apple thing came out and we instantly messaged like, oh, yeah, this is a Tech Talks kind of thing. Um, So that's the other thing, too. If there are ever any discussions that you want to see, like a new story comes out and you're like, ooh, it would be fun for this to be a discussion, um, leave a comment or in our our community is the best place to have us see things um, because comments not it's not super foolproof but like if you really want to see us talk about something leave it on our forum or something like that so that we can see that you want us to you want to see us talk about something just final announcements join our forum it's a great place to talk with other people in the privacy and security world um thanks everyone for helping us hit 200k i guess this is probably going to be the first video we publish since hitting 200k so i'm officially saying thank you and thank you jonah for your time and thanks, everyone, for listening this far. And we will see you next time on Tech Lore Talks 6.